0: you have intercepted the virtue signal with Bill Whittle and Alfonso Rachel, also known as that knucklehead Zoe. In the era of virtue signaling, where sanctimonious self-righteous liberals preach to us from atop their high donkey of supposed moral supremacy, while being about as woke on virtue as a person on a diet in a donut shop calling donuts racist because they're not low carb. If you appreciate the content, please support by sharing and please consider a financial contribution to help us do our part to promote sanity in a world where people boast in science while saying gender is fluid. Links in the description field. Thank you.
1: Hi, everybody, I'm Bill Little here with my friend and colleague, Alfonso Rachel, and this is The Virtue Signal, where we try to look at some of the philosophy and morality underneath the politics of the day. Uh, So today we have, uh, we're gonna start off with the, um, you know, the mastermind of of liberal thinking, uh, Trevor Noah, the the great (laughs) philosopher. Uh, He made a comment, and I'm not so much interested in the specifics about this, but I am interested in a bigger issue. Now that uh, uh, Joe Biden is in charge of our foreign policy again, or at least whoever is in charge of Joe Biden is in charge of our foreign policy, situation is acting up again with Israel being attacked and so on and so forth. And Trevor Noah uh, sent out a tweet, and here's a direct quote. I just want to ask an honest question here. If you are in a fight where the other person cannot beat you, how much should you retaliate when they try to hurt you? Now... It's difficult to plumb the depths of the uh, progressive mind under any circumstances, but with Trevor Noah, it's a, it's a unique challenge. But I think what he's saying here is, since the Palestinians really can't really hurt Israel, uh, then there shouldn't be any retaliation at all. It's, uh, that's what it sounds like. Why, why would you hit back at somebody who can't hurt you? Well, first of all, if a rocket lands on your head, it hurts you quite a lot, but that's mm-hmm. not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about the cult of the underdog. Because certainly what we've seen with the Israelis and the Palestinians, and we see it everywhere, it's, it's one of the big levers of, of progressive movement. And that's the idea that whoever is powerless is automatically morally correct.
0: Yes, that the, the, the virtue of the poor and the virtue of the of the weak and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's not always a good idea to, to underestimate your enemy or overestimate your enemy or anything like that. Or this idea that just because somebody is weaker that you can't defend yourself against them. Sometimes people even use their their weakness as a uh, as an advantage point to be a
1: bully. Right? Absolutely <laughs> right. That's what that's what the whole cry bully movement is all about. Yes,
0: like, and it's and it's like one of those things where no matter what, you can't win. You know, it's it's like, um, and I know this is gonna sound very uh, politically politically incorrect and chauvinist and stuff like that. It's
1: kind of like being in a fight. With a girl, right? <laughs> no, you you can't win. It is. Well, right? That, That's right. If you that's right. If if you lose, you lost to a girl. Mm-hmm. And if you win, congratulations, you beat up a girl. Right. No, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly what it's like.
0: Yeah, and that's where we are. And uh this is now. This is one of those things where I'm not going to let these heathens shame us, man. When it when it gets right down to it, it's like you hypocritical heathens, I'm not going to let you guys pass judgment on me. I'm going to go ahead and stick to how the, how the Lord himself even did it. So it's like, they want to look at, you know, the Lord and his flock as a bunch of meek sheep and all that sort of stuff. And the Lord rose up just before he's arrested. He wants it. He wants it to be very clear. Look, man, I got some Hebrews that are ready to get into a serious knife fight and they can get down, all right? Peter jerked out his sword and with one stroke cut off this dude's ear. And and by the way, I got 12 legions of angels, man, with with who's got the really hot knives. And I myself, man, I can take on all of you with no problem. Hey, are you Jesus? Yes, I am. And every one of them buckled to their knees. Now I'm going to let you arrest me because I'm going to let you. All right. So we understand the story. But even Jesus himself, it's like, look, man, I'm not going to let you guys just because you're weaker. I don't underestimate you. Right. And I'm going to let the whole world know the power that you guys have. But then again, again, I'm going to let you guys know the power that I have, too. And you don't want to mess with me. Right. So when we talk about peace through strength, right, the Lord had already laid out the standard as far as that goes. So all that to say, Bill, is that, you know, these guys who are going to try to pass judgment on a place that's defending itself. It's like, no, 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 no. The real cowardice, the real shame is in somebody who's thinking that just because they're seen as weak you know uh that th- that they're seen as weak that they have the right to go around picking on people and and I want to if I can say this really quick bill these sure. are the lessons that are learned right in the origins of of Al Quran see the thing in Al Quran is is the lesson of victimhood in Al Quran in, in the perverted creation of man Iblis identify you, you can relate to Iblis right in the, in the Bible, the devil is introduced to us as our enemy right off the bat. In the Quran, he's introduced as someone that you can relate to. He's a victim right off the bat. He's a victim in that, hey, why should I prostrate before Adam? He's made of clay and I'm made of fire. I'm superior to him. Now, right there, you can say like, yeah, yeah, why, why, why should, why should the devil have to prostrate before Adam? He's obviously a superior human, he, oh, not a human being, but he's obviously a superior being. Right. So right there, you can already see the victim mentality already setting in. And we can see that that these are the strategies that people use to influence other people to advance their evil. The Palestinians do it the the islamic cult does it the democrats do it the um the uh, the nazi regime did it they hated the jews they used the victim mentality and, and the jealousy of what they had and why should they have to prostrate before these people and want it to be the superior aryan race which is following the persian race oddly enough right <laughs> but following the whole um principle of exterminating the jews this goes all the way back even to to um to the Exodus, the reason why the Pharaoh was so uh, wanted wanted uh, he wasn't afraid of the power of the Jews for them rising up against him, he was afraid that they would leave, right? But all the and why, dude, are you such a victim that you can't even handle them leaving? You're, you know, so the the whole victim mentality and 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 the re and the reasons that people use to get away with uh, bullying other people and these people can't strike back, man. It's it's just as old as mankind itself.
1: Yeah, that's really a lot to unpack there. Um, I mean, the traditional uh, and the original underdog story has mm. got to be David and Goliath, right? Mm. And it's pretty clear whose side you're supposed to be on in that story. Mm. I mean, that story leaves no moral question about whether Goliath was in the right. The entire reason that story of David and Goliath, the David and Goliath, is just a term that people drop pretty much every day. Mm. It 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 hits such an important uh, part of our psychology, this idea that you can overwhelm, um, uh, that you can overcome overwhelming odds. It's it's kind of built into the human psyche. And so when you start out with a story like this, where you've got this one young guy with a sling and you've got this giant warrior, and hey, look, the, the, the guy who's pure of heart with uh, virtually no weapons is able to bring down a much more powerful foe.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, got it, good lesson. What what we're seeing today, and again, I don't want to I don't want to limit this to Israel. In fact, I, I really prefer to talk about it domestically more than anything. Mm. Is that after a while, you see so many underdog stories in the movies? You see so many. I mean, that, there's no story to be told if if it turned out that a that a a, a college team uh, of of you know of misfits were to take on the uh, the Yankees. And then the Yankees beat him 62 to nothing. It's not really a story there. You know what mm. I mean? You you always create these stories about the underdog facing incredible odds. And either they succeed in, in, in most cases or in the case of like the first Rocky movie, they don't win the fight, but they, but they go the distance. So they succeed morally. We've told so many stories about the underdog triumphing because of his because of his moral authority and his persistence and all the rest, that we become conditioned mm-hmm. to believe that the underdog is always right. But that's just not the case. It's just not. Just because a boy is throwing a rock at a tank doesn't make the boy right. In point of fact, if a, if a kid throws a rock at a tank and the tank doesn't fire back, that tells you about something about the people in the tank. Yes, and And this – worship of the underdog this automatic assumption that the weaker you are the more uh, oppressed you've been the more uh, tor- tor- tormented you've been continues to raise not only your level of truth but your but your moral authority is is built into the entire progressive movement and that is how they're doing what they're doing the entire plan of the frankfurt school was to say okay look The workers are not going to be the vanguard of the communist revolution because these damn capitalists are producing so much wealth that in America these workers have cars and and toilets and stuff. So they had to make it about the dispossessed. You've got to find people who have a grievance. Mm -hmm. And when you promote a philosophy that the grievance is the basis for truth, moral authority, uh, action, all of it, you come down to this – Phenomenon, which I see everywhere, which is the the, the cult of the underdog.
0: Yeah, and, and and you're right, Bill. We see these things in movies. It's kind of like a, a this entertainment conditioning that we have. Um, but you know, there are there are moments in uh, in the movies, and and there are these rare moments, but they really stick out. And, uh, but it reminds me really from when I was a kid, man. I remember, uh, there was this dog, man. We had this dog in this neighborhood. And nobody could stand this dog. And, uh, and then one day somebody came into the neighborhood with a horse, you know, this big, beautiful horse. And this dog came just like yapping at this horse. Like, row, 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 row. And this horse, man, it just back kicked this dog and just launched it across the street, right? That, that was a moment of joy for us. Now, we weren't thinking, oh, that horse, that big bully horse, it's just so mean. It just kicked that. No, that dog was getting on people's nerves. So we were, like, kind of happy that that dog got handled. You know, or, or there was a movie, I can't remember which movie it was, you know, and, and um, I guess, you know, the uppity, stuffy, stuck-up boyfriend uh, is kind of, like, picking on, you know, the girl's new uh, boyfriend and, and whichever, and this guy's obviously a bully. He's not stronger You know, he's obviously a weaker guy, but he's, you know, the intellectual superior and and very successful and all that sort of stuff. And while the girl's not looking, she kind of looks away and dude just reaches across the table, just knocks him out, right? And the guy's just like in a full-on stupor. So it's like one of those moments where it was nice to see, you know, the stronger guy because you know that he's getting picked on by the weaker guy. And the stronger guy just stepped up and just like handled it and just kind of gave the guy a humbling experience. And (laughs) we don't, I guess maybe we don't see enough of that because it may be, hey, that's a new fashion. Maybe that's a new trend that we can introduce in, uh, in entertainment media where it's like the weaker guy just decides that he's going to, cause man, we're seeing that bill. We're seeing this culture of weaker jelly spined people who are using what they have to, to, um, to try to, to, to strong arm the strong. We're seeing a lot of that uh, and they're doing it, you know, of course, out of fear and they're doing it out of sense of inadequacy and all that other, you know, uh, stuff that we can, you know, uh, that we can try to introduce in terms of what their behavior is reflective of, but we're seeing a lot of that.
1: You know, you talked about that horse kick moment as being like a, like a, almost like a flash of, of, of joy. It reminds me of a movie that came out, uh, early 2000s, right at the beginning of the Gulf War, maybe even preceded it, uh, of the Iraq War, maybe even preceded a little bit. It's called The Kingdom. Mm. And I want to say it was directed by a Frenchman, but basically it was about a terrorist attack in Saudi Arabia. And then uh, Americans are trying to track down the people that did it, but you spend a lot of time with the terrorists and you're supposed to think, oh, these guys have got a real cause mm-hmm. and who can say who's right and who's wrong. But but the anecdote is, is that they screened this for an American audience and then when the American soldiers come into this room and just start gunning down all the terrorists, the audience just breaks into applause and the director practically comes out of his chair and say, no, 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 You you're not supposed to be rooting for them. Mm. You know, they're the powerful ones. You're supposed to be rooting for the terrorists. But people can, can grade the, the moral difference. You, you talked also about this, this jellyfish kind of like response, a spineless jellyfish kind of thing. Mm. Um, what it is, and you hit it off on, exactly on the, on the first beat, was it is a, it is a defense mechanism. To basically say, I'm going to attack you as often as I want to, but you are not allowed to hit me back. Mm. You sometimes see feminists doing this, you know, sure. just punching guys in the face all the time, and just just absolutely secure in the knowledge that there's not going to be any retaliation. Mm. And so you you use weakness as a shield from which you can maybe it's better to think of it as like a, an ambush you know you're hiding behind your weakness you can you can shoot all the arrows you want to and then when when it's time for retaliation you get to hide behind this weakness thing and this is the point for me anyway mm. is that once again once again it's the left using people's common decency against them people don't want to hit People that are weaker than they are. Mm. I was raised to never hit a girl. You never hit a guy with glasses, and and they know this about us. And so they they use our decency against us. If if you call somebody a racist who's not a racist for disagreeing with you, and that person shuts up, the reason they shut up is because they're not a racist. They don't want to be thought of as a racist. So so political correctness is based on this sense of i'm going to use that person's decency against them i'm going to call them racist what they said has nothing to do with race but i'm calling that anyway to get them to shut up because they're good people and and good people don't want to be seen to be hitting back at people who are weaker than they are but it's a strategy you you called it that earlier it's a strategy it's a tactic designed to allow somebody to attack you with impunity
0: Yes. Yeah, and um, and it sh- somehow people have to be able to see the difference. You know, it's it's not like, um, you know, a bigger person coming up and just I'm going to bully a smaller person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say things to them or I'm going to hit them or, or whichever. Um, it's one of those things where you got to see where they had it coming. You know, this person is is making all the taunts and they're, and they're thinking that they can get away with yep. all this sort of stuff. And there's a way to handle certain people where you don't have to have this um, this overshow, this overkill of strength to be able to dispatch of a person, you know, even if they're weaker and stuff like that. But see, once again though, Bill, that's where it comes down to the problem of perception. Because if a person is gonna wanna see the person as the weaker who, who didn't have, who didn't do anything. Right? They, 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 they're able to just get away with what they're doing with. Like, like, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, the body cams and stuff like that. People are gonna see what they wanna see. You can have the evidence on, on the body cam that the, uh, uh, that the suspect was doing everything wrong. Right? It's like, dude, you really shouldn't have done that. And you got yeah. the body cam footage. No, they didn't show the whole footage and, you know, and, and they're gonna want some other angles and they're gonna look for any excuse to say that, hey, the police officer was the bully. Right? So, this, this kind of thing, It's, 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 it goes deeper than, of course, the politics. It goes deeper than the culture. It's, 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 it's almost, it's, well, it's not almost. It's a spiritual thing. You know, it's a, it's a thing where you, you can, you can have somebody look right at something and it's like, you don't see that? Really? Did it, did it somehow magically disappear? or, 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 what are we, we're not looking at the same thing here. And from there, you know, that's, that's a, that's a spiritual thing. It's, it's not just a thing of, uh, of evidence. You can produce the evidence and say, look, man, it's right here. If they don't want to perceive it that way, they're just not going to
1: exactly and and so that that reliance on weakness as a as like a uh, an ambush position to shoot from mm. is the, is the strategy. But the deployment in order to deploy that strategy, you have to have the um, the assistance of the media. And the reason the media is able to make that strategy work is because the media controls the frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now you're watching me in a frame. You don't know whether I'm wearing pants. You don't know whether there's a clown sitting on the couch. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say clown. I meant to say a a mime. Yeah. Uh, You don't know what's happening outside the frame. You can't see what's outside the frame. And furthermore, you can't see what's outside the frame in terms of what happens before the recording and what happens after the recording. The frame limits your perception in space and time and the ability to control that, that that all the information you're going to get is inside of this space and at this particular length of time is unbelievably powerful. Mm -hmm. You could cut together a montage of people just up and punching people in the face endlessly. And you could just say, my God, you look at this. These people are horrible. They all need to be in jail. But if it turned out that what you had edited was just the response, if all you saw was just people punching people, you'd go, what horrible people. Mm. But if you showed the whole clip, you would see that, no, somebody else has been pushing this guy, punching this guy, punching this guy. And this is just the moment when he hits back. And it's not only justified, you realize the guy's actually a hero. So when we saw this, uh, again, early 2000s, I forget the name of this kid, but there was a, a, an Israeli situation where they're shooting Israelis and this kid got shot. It turns out that they put this boy there to get shot mm. so, that, so, that they could, so that they could use the power of the frame to make the case to disarm. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. The, the cult of the underdog disarms people who are in in the right? People who are who are evil or or trying to manipulate you or just plain wrong, will use the cult of the underdog to protect themselves against people who are correct and right and moral. But in order to do that, they've got to set the frame up so that so that the so that the underdog image and the underdog dynamic is there, and no possible way. To otherwise judge who's right and who's wrong here, other than who looks stronger and who looks weaker, empowered
0: victims, right? It's, it's, it's you know kind of oxymoronic, but you know to to your point, man, about uh, this frame. It's so like I said, man, is there? Uh, this this lesson goes all the way back, you know, to the garden. What excuse did Adam and Eve have? You know, but they were made to think that they were victims, and they wanted to be empowered. So right. despite everything that they saw, I mean, Bill, the universe was their backyard. Right. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, you know, they, they had it. They had it really good. But here comes the devil with his satanic studio and he's going to frame it just like this. I want you to look at this just like this. And they did, despite everything else that they saw. But their desire. See, that's what we're dealing with. Bill. We're dealing with desires, man. We're, yeah. it's, it's not about evidence. It's not about facts. I wish it were. You know, I wish we could say, hey, man, these are the facts. You know, but when you're, when we're dealing with, with people's desires, that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother dynamic to get around. But it's not, it's not like it's impossible, but, you know, we're, we're assuming that, um, you know, w- w- which it should be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to dis- dismiss facts and reason and stuff like that. But that's a lot, that's a language that a lot of people just don't, they don't communicate that way. It's not so much that they right. can't understand it. It's just, that's not the way to communicate. And there has right. to be another level of communication, another angle of communication to do that.
1: No, that's exactly right. Uh, and it's one of the many defects of the human character For to be true when you say that for many people, if you really want to get somebody to hate you, do something good for them. No good deed goes unpunished with some people. <laughs> if, you, if somebody's in need and you lend them money, they'll never forgive you for it. <laughs> uh, it that's... That's life, and facing life is the essence of what conservatism is and and morality and actual virtue, and that's why we do the show, which is made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com who who pay $9.95 a month and more sometimes in order to make these shows available to everybody. So on behalf of my friend Alfonso Reyeso, I'm Bill Whittle. This is The Virtue Signal. We'll see you next time right here at (laughs) BillWhittle.com.
0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to our side hustle. Signal response from the jam that I do with uh, Bill Whittle called the virtue signal. Basically, we try to get down to the nitty gritty of what this virtue is. You know, this virtueism, uh, virtue virtueism. Sure, I'll, I'll use that. Hey, the the since the liberals are making up whatever they're making up about virtue, I can go ahead and make make up words regarding virtue. The virtueism. So with all this virtue signaling that they're doing. Uh, we got to we got to establish what a standard is in, in terms of what uh, this virtue is that they're trying to, to judge us with or, or 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 our lack thereof or whichever. So before they just assume to judge us uh, concerning virtues, uh, we got to come to an agreement, which will always be an ongoing case until kingdom comes. And the standard of virtue himself, the Lord Jesus Christ comes in and sets the record straight and all, and all that. And then they can go ahead and have their little hissy fit. Uh, as the as the angels turn into bailiffs and drags their behinds out of court in contempt and toss their behinds into the lake fire anyway uh we hope that doesn't happen to so we want people to actually wake up before that happens but as it is right now we got a whole bunch of woke zombies out there <laughs> so uh we got to contend with them in the meantime what's up my dude craig what's what's going on man thank you for stopping in tuning in to uh uh the signal response my my little side hustle here so uh, anyway y'all i'm doing a little catch up uh bear with me as i do some catch up here you know trying to get some stuff done and i kind of lag behind on the signal response stuff and uh so uh, i want to go ahead and get caught up and wrap with y'all and uh and of course i do these signal responses as a way to say thank you for uh folks you know who tune into the show just my little interaction and stuff like that for people who tune in to uh, the virtue signal and uh, i like to read some of their comments uh, some of the comments I don't agree with. Some of the comments, you know, I do, and I just want to share them with folks. And uh, this one right here, we talked. Let's see. This one's from when uh, Bill and I were talking about, uh, you know, what's going on with uh, Coke and Disney trying to do some backpedaling and stuff like that on the nonsense that they're putting out there with all this SJW nonsense. And you know, and of course, you know, as, as this stuff goes, uh, we're, they're they're probably not done. You know, just trying to find They they took a hit for doing this. And so, you know, and and that being said, you know, one of the things I contribute to the conversation is that it gets to a point where, you know, ideology means more to these people with money. And they got enough. You know, well, actually, in some cases, yeah, people will just go ahead and stick to their ideology. And, uh, you know, that's just you know, that's they'll go to their grave on that one, uh, even if it puts them in the poorhouse or or, or whatnot. Uh, Now, don't get me wrong, y'all, because there's a right way to do that or there's there's right reasons to do that and there's wrong reasons. Like, say, uh, like, take Paul, for instance. Paul's like, hey, man, I got a right to make a living, man, I'm living like a a, a bum, right? I'm living like a straight-up bum. Uh, but it was for the right reasons. He had his commission, and, uh, you know, he didn't get to enjoy really making a good livelihood from it, and he talked about these things. Uh, but, you know, he basically kind of lived like a bum. He didn't have a home. He didn't have, you know, uh, he was, you know, regularly hungry, like practically starving. It's like, man, I wouldn't mind having like, you know, some, some real food, you know? Uh, but at any rate, you know, he paid the price, you know, for telling the truth. And then you have people out there, you know, who are just so adherent to, to sticking to a lie that they're, they're, they get eaten up for the wrong reasons, you know, sticking to some lie. And then of course, now we also see a lot of people out there who are very affluent, you know, for sticking to a lie. Right. Uh, so we have that too. But the thing is, is like you can see where you have some very affluent people, you know, who have enough money and resource to go ahead and and stick to a lie and promote a lie. And they got the recourse to be able to handle that. And so like with Disney and woke, I mean, <laughs> Coke, excuse me, uh, Disney and Coke. Oh, somebody I saw somebody put like woke zero. I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know, with uh, with these guys, they'll probably find another way to come at this from another angle. You know, Disney's like I said, they're caustically creative and, uh, you know, they'll probably try to find another way to to pull this stuff off because, you know, this ideology is is thick with them. So they'll probably stick to it. So that being said, uh, you know, I, I referenced that in, uh, in the video that we talked about and uh, Schroding, Schrodinger's Snuffleupagus. <laughs> YouTube user Schrodinger's uh, Snuffelaugus um says I actually have some respect for them that they choose ideology over profit that's how conservatives should be as well that's what he says so i i i'm on i'm, I'm kind of on their frequency uh Schrodinger uh you know it's um like with conservatives you know they got a lot of they got a lot of um you know when it comes to like money they put a lot of money towards you know campaigns and politicians looking for politicians to like save america and stuff like that and they usually spend their money on getting disappointed um you know but they have this ideology that they want you know represented in an office but it's like when it comes to that ideology really represented in a culture to give it stability they don't do it uh but it so it would be great it's like a, you know conservatives you know it would be nice if more of y'all Demanded the supply of promoting, you know, our values in the culture, but conservatives don't really do that. They want politicians to go out there and, you know, represent our values in office. It's like, dude, it doesn't work that way. You don't just have somebody represent your values in office. You you have to represent too, and you have to show that there's a market for it. You have to show that there's value for it, and conservatives don't really do that. So, yeah, it would be nice if uh, conservatives are like, yeah. I understand that this can take a hit, you know, in my pocket. This is a sacrifice. You know, so yeah, you're going to, if we say freedom isn't free, well, get up off of that money and show the demand. You're, you want to show the dollar demand that you want these values represented. And unfortunately, like I said, it's, it's not something that conservatives do unless you got to be like a real red meat. You know, talking head is once again it still comes down to politics that's how conservatives that's how they see this stuff as valid. It has to be in the political arena, the creativity stuff in the in the in the in the marketing and the campaigning uh, uh, the, the creative campaigns. Uh, or even proselytizing in creative means, you know, conservatives, that's not something that they really, they don't see the uh, the importance of it. So they don't really support it. And it's sad because that's how liberals have gotten ahead. One, they get ahead by the creative vehicle of doing it. And two, they capitalize on the fact that uh, conservatives don't give them a challenge there. They don't they don't offer a competition there. So they got free reign to just put out their mind rot and it goes unchallenged, right? So when you got... Uh, These people making, you know, these uh, imagination grabbing, uh, you know, uh, productions and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, you all of course we can see that a lot of this stuff is, uh, it's, you know, taking a hit. You know, people aren't watching the Oscars and stuff like that as much as they used to. And, and, uh, you know, the box office is taking a hit and stuff like that. Uh, You know, once again... I think conservatives, they, they pat themselves on the back for these things, just because it's not necessarily something that you did. You know, it's, it's like, the bottom line is like, say for instance, uh, a lot of people say that uh, Hollywood is losing their imagination. You know, all they're talking about is wokeism and doing this and doing that. You know, Hollywood just doesn't have any imagination anymore. That's not Hollywood's problem. Hollywood's problem is not that they don't have a lot of imagination anymore. Hollywood's problem is that they've got way too much imagination. They're, they're making stuff up. They're making up uh, these these campaigns of different gender and everything is constantly racism and, and, and uh, um, making believe that a socialist model is way better than a free market and capitalist uh, uh, market and stuff like that. It's way too much imagination is Hollywood's problem. Not that they don't have enough, that's that's not why they're losing sales and stuff like that. It's not because of of lack of imagination, it's because of the overabundance of it. It's at it's uh it's like a it's a cancer. These cells are they're, they're just growing way too big, right? So that's Hollywood's problem. Now. That being said, y'all, instead of conservatives be like, ha ha, Hollywood is imploding. Ha ha, Hollywood is is no longer imaginative and they're, they're not having it. This would be a great time to start developing some competition. But no, conservatives don't do that. Instead, what conservatives do, they just they laugh and gloat that ha ha. You know, nobody's watching the Oscars. Nobody's watching the Emmys. Nobody's doing this anymore. Ha ha, you guys are losing Hollywood. And it's like, okay, well, great. So once that goes down, what else you got? Are you offering anything else because what people are gonna end up doing is that they're gonna be looking to Hollywood still because they ain't gonna be looking to you they're gonna be looking for Hollywood to, to to bounce back and start creating more stuff So I don't think that it's like to to sit there and gloat and toot your horn because you know Pompeii is burning and, and whatnot you know or or whatever um, you what are you what are you offering? what are you supporting that's gonna take the place of that what sort of alternative that should become the mainstream? are you offering while you gloat and the word of God tells like this you might not want to gloat about these things right don't, don't be gracious in your victory right but it's not it's not even your victory it's like they're doing it to themselves you know uh so I mean and don't get me wrong because I'm the kind of guy say hey man they're they're doing enough to destroy themselves but like I said if they're gonna do that make sure that you've got some product to say like hey well now that that's gone you know that 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 ship is sunk, you might want to try this boat. Y'all know, we hadn't even offered a boat to get in. Right? <laughs> what you got? Their boat's going down. Where's our boat? Okay. So, you know, there's that, that that kind of thing. And I'm like saying, you know, these things are offered, but there's people out there ready to supply it. But where's the where's the support for the supply? It ain't really there. You know? So um. Uh, so that's uh, you know, to, uh, co- you know, addressing uh, Schrodinger's uh, snuffle up against. And like I said, you guys know what's up. That's why you guys tune in. It's just unfortunate there aren't more folks like you, um, you know, who understand that. Hey, we need that cultural representation. That, that there's a, a, a deep need need for an, uh, an investment there. Um, fat cow, fat fat cowboy, uh, spelled P H A T C O W B O Y seventy six. Uh, says that this is one of the best talks I have ever heard online. I will make a one-time donation to you and Bill Whittle just absolutely excellent. you and Alfonso spent the entire twenty three minutes hitting the nail on the head. hey right on man i'm I'm glad that you are pleased with what we have to offer. Uh, that's what we're trying to do, man. And, and like I said, you know, when we, when we're doing this, you know, admittedly we're talking heads, man. And, and that's great for people who speak that language. You know, it's great for, you know, for people who are wired for reason like that, but there's a lot of, there's a big population out there who's not wired that way. You have to reach them on another angle. And that, that takes funding y'all. It it takes, uh, that's, that's a, that's a, it's an industry to do that. Right. And it needs support. We, we, we got to have that counter uh, um, that counter attack that, um, to be able to deal with that, and know, uh, it's, it's deeply lacking. So, you know, we want to be able to take these reasoned ideas, these ideas that you felt, you know, that you feel fed by, put them in creative vehicles, you know, to reach these folks. Uh, let's see. And, uh, so I'm really thankful that, uh, you know, that it's resonating uh with you um Fat Cowboy 76. So let's see we got uh now this is uh, we were, we were talking about the episode this is the underdog, right? This is from the underdog episode. And uh so underdog uh is going to be saying or not in under in underdog of the episode. This is going to be M M's news EMS news subkiss S U P K I S. All right. Uh, so he says. Now we're and, we're and when we're talking about the underdog, usually what the one of the things that comes to mind in the culture is going to be a, you know the story of David and Goliath. You know, it's supposed to be a big underdog story, right? Popular story. I should say popular account because this is something that actually happened in history. Um, but um, so his response to it, you know, the 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 underdog narrative. Uh, well, no, this isn't the guy. This is somebody else. I guess, you know, he's just trolling or just trying to be funny or whichever. He says, cause we're, you know, we're talking about David and Goliath and I guess maybe to mock the account, he says, so Goliath was wandering around about when he saw a young skinny kid on a hillside. What's that? He asked, pointing to the kid. The kid took out his slingshot and, a sh- and shot a sharp rock. On Goliath, um, killing him. And then they said, Hey, let's make that kid our king. Said bystanders, moral sto- moral of story. Uh truants, uh tyrant, truant, yeah, truants with slingshots are uh effing dangerous. Um, okay. Well, I mean, that's uh that's like a cliff notes of cliff notes, <laughs> if, if he's gonna put it like that. Um, let's see. Um, Goliath. So, the, let's get back to the part about Goliath was wandering about. Uh, no, Goliath wasn't just wandering about. Goliath was a soldier uh, in the Philistine army. Goliath was from Gath. Uh, he was enlisted, you know, in the Philistine army, uh, and he was their champion. So basically, it's like uh, Goliath is like saying, "Hey, if you can take me, you know, don't even worry about these cats. If you could take me, we'll be. Well, let's make a deal, right?" So this wasn't just like some random thing where Goliath is just walking around. No, this was a this was a, a, a military challenge, you know, in a military agreement with one standoff with one. Uh, so and then uh, pointing to the kid, the kid took out a slingshot. Now, I mean, this ain't like one of them arm wrist slingshots, man, where he shot. You know, he actually slung this rock and, and, and it wasn't a sharp rock. The Bible specifically said it was a smooth stone. Right. So, you know, he was was ordered to pick up, you know, four or five, you know, smooth stones. And uh, and he hurled this rock uh, at Goliath. So, you know, that kind of kind of strange way to put it. I mean, like I said, if you really want to condense it down, I guess, you know, that's that's how the story could go. Uh, And then uh, and then from there, he says, um, this is our king by bystanders. They weren't bystanders. Oh, this was, you know, this raised Israeli army. Uh, so it wasn't like, Hey, you know, did you see what that kid did? It's like, no, (laughs) this was an agreement, you know, a military agreement of how they were going to uh, carry out this strategy. So, but anyway, you know, I'm not sure what angle this guy's coming from, but, uh, um, truants with us, no, this guy wasn't playing hooky or anything like that. He wasn't, he was actually sent out, you know, to, to do this, uh, on a couple of levels. So he wasn't playing hooky or anything like that. (laughs) Uh, and David, um, and to, to be straight with you. Uh, and I'm always going to try to keep it straight with you. Um, the thing is, David was dangerous even without <laughs> a slingshot, right? Uh, d- uh, uh, he was just—he was instructed, you know, to uh, to do this. But uh, but like I said, even without the slingshot, David was—you know—he might have been small, but he was still a dangerous dude. All right. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Morgan T. Dulaman. Uh, he says, uh, he's gonna, I, I think this is worth, uh, um, uh, I, I like, I like what he has to say here for, for the most part. Morgan T. Dullman, uh, says a note regarding David and Goliath. David did not, and before I get started, man, you know, since we're having this, uh, speaking of, of uh, David and, and Israel and stuff like that, I and mean, we got this conflict going on, make sure y'all get... Yo, 20-pound sledge, gear, get them mugs. Get them, both albums are available on the CD, right? Divine Battery and Electric Exodus. They're on CD at my website, bronzesterpermedia.com. Rock the gospel with 20-pound sledge, y'all. Don't let these godless uh, people in rock and roll just have free reign, man. Give them, a, you know, get a narrative out there that challenges that. Better messaging and music. Do it. And like I said, on the, on the Divine Battery album, got the song Special Delivery letting uh you know just it's, it's talking about the account in the Exodus account right Pharaoh trying to get mighty you know with God and Moses just in God uses Moses to go ahead and let him know what time it is Moses and Aaron going to represent so if you guys are standing with Israel make sure you grab you know uh the the song special delivery share it share it with if you uh you got friends uh who stand with Israel your your uh Israeli friends um you know messianic Jews. Make sure you share the song with them. You know, uh, uh, just let's, you know, get that fight music going, man. Special delivery, that's a fight song, right? Especially when uh, 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 the real deal, you know, Yeshua shows up to give us that electric exodus, right? The uh, the true redeemer and deliverer. So, uh, you know, get that out there, man. I got the link in there. Make sure you check out, um, you know, you can look up the video, Special Delivery by 20 Pound Sledge. Rock out with it. Like I said, you know, that's that's, that's our fight song. Uh, for for the plight of Israel, and uh, I pray that Israel, you know, comes to grips and rec- recognize who the Messiah is. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to know that a lot of them are, uh, but it'd be great overall. You know, I wish everybody would receive the Lord's peace and truth, y'all. Uh, but uh, as it is, let's see. We got um, uh, Morgan T. Dullman is going to say a note regarding David and Goliath. David did not see himself as the underdog. Mm-hmm. He himself told Goliath that because the giant had mocked God, this battle was the Lord, right on. Uh, Morgan goes on to say, while David, who had already been promised the kingship, only had to rely on God's help and act as his instrument in order to win. Further, if one reads on to when David is actually king, he later abused his power Mm -hmm. by stealing the wife of one of his soldiers Then had that soldier killed in order to cover up his sin, only for God to reveal it and punish him before all Israel. If anything, the history of David and Goliath is a reminder of how God is sovereign over all despite the apparent odds, while David's whole life subverts any moral claims anyone can make from being in a position of lesser power, considering his own failings when he himself held it. so, uh, yeah, I I, I agree with a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of good points in there. Um, Now, it it does go to show that uh, trying to uh, cover up your sin, because like, say, for instance, um, what we're looking at, uh, you know, the underdog. And I think this uh, ties into uh, Coke and Disney. They're trying to cover up their sin. It ain't going to work out well. Y'all need to just straight up repent. You need to repent, not try to like, you know, sweep this under the rug like it never happened you know, and just try try to get them sales back up and stuff like that. Uh, That's the only thing that you're sorry about is that you're losing your sales and this didn't, you know, uh, go as well as you thought. Maybe you guys did, you know, you you knew, but you just wanted to establish something. Uh, And then, you know, other people are going to forget, you know, their kids will be like, I want to go to Disneyland, I want to go to Disneyland. So they're going to break down and go to Disneyland. Now that Disneyland is, you know, all that, you know, uh, tried to cover up their tracks and all that sort of stuff. But these people haven't repented, right? David repented. Uh, These people did not. Basically, they're just trying to cover up their sin, and that ain't gonna go well. All right. So uh the they're, they're gonna just gonna look for another way to spread this poison. Uh so and it's a picture of Christ, y'all, because the only one who can actually cover our sin. And when I say cover our sin, not cover our sin is in like sweep it under the rug, I'm talking about cover the debt, right? The Lord covers our sin, he covers our sin debt, he pays for it. Right. So this isn't something that just gets tucked away and hidden and festers someplace else. Right. This is going to get cast into the lake of fire, eternal quarantine and burned. Right. So, you know, these are these are the things that uh, that the Lord is going to do. Uh, And, you know, we have this picture of Christ. Uh, you can see both, you can, see both of these are uh, pictures of Christ or both. You can see them in, uh, David and you can see in the redemption of, of David and the price that David is going to have to pay. You can see the picture of Christ in there. You can also see this in Uriah because Uriah was sent to the front line to pay, right? For David's and Bathsheba's sin. He was sent to the front line to do that. Yeshua was sent to the front line to pay. He was, he was killed on the front line. Yeshua is a soldier. He's a soldier king. Right. He didn't just come to just like die. He was he's killed in our spiritual battle. Right. He's a, he's he's the prime casualty of that. So uh, in this war for our soul. Now, uh, when you think when you get down to it, y'all under the law. excuse, Under the law, David and Bathsheba would have been put to death for what they did. Right. David was basically trying to save his neck right so it, it, I mean and and try and cover up his sin uh like I said it it was it was not just covering his his sin it was kind of like covering his you know behind you know uh because it, this was an offense that's punishable by death uh for both now um so that being said, and how did he do that y'all when 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 David was covering up this sin he didn't just cover up his Having uh, Uriah killed, uh, i I really hate for Uriah to find out. I mean, this was this would kind of he comes in, you know, and finds you know Bathsheba's pregnant. You know, I'm I'm sleeping with her and stuff like that. Dang, you know, the public public relationships is going to be uh, is going to be pretty bad as well. And like I said, this will result in you know I'm I'm not above the law, you know, uh, and I I I would be killed for this. And so with Bathsheba, and uh, So it's not just about this kind of kind of also just trying to protect these guys' feeling, you know, this guy's feelings and stuff like that. So it wasn't just having Uriah killed to cover up his sin. He tried to cover up his sin on a couple of occasions. It's like, hey, Uriah, dude, won't you um Go, go see your wife, man. Take, uh, take a leave, man. Go, go see Bathsheba, you know, because David is hoping that, uh, you know, they'll sleep together. And uh, so that way, in kind of that amount of time, and he does this like twice. He's like, dude, come on, get drunk, man. The next time he's like, get drunk. Go see your wife. Why didn't you go see your wife? Go see your wife, man. Have, you know, have your little drinky poo and, you know, and go. So he's hoping that they'll conceive, not, not, not hoping that they'll conceive, but what he's hoping that is in a time frame that they do this is like, okay, you know, uh, this is about a good time that, you know, eh, you know, he, he, he wouldn't suspect that the kid is mine. He would think that the kid is his. Right. So that's what David was hoping for. Well, that didn't turn out well. <laughs> that didn't work. And like, David's like, okay, okay. That didn't work. I'm just going to have to have the dude killed. Right. Cause if I don't, uh, this is going to come out and I'm going to get killed. And so is Bathsheba. So, uh, um, you know, that's, uh, it's a sad thing to do. So in doing this and to make sure that uh, we end up, you know, with the bloodline leading to Jesus, uh, David is going to be spared, um, but his the son that they conceived is not. Their son's not going to be spared. Their, their baby is going to die. Uh, I know it seems cold-blooded, but it is a picture of Christ. The line of David has to, you know— In this, because of God's promise, right? God made this promise, you know, and David really screwed up, man. David really screwed up despite this promise that God had made. David really screwed up. So God's promise is going to supersede the law and David is not going to be killed. Bathsheba is not going to be killed, but their baby, who is a picture of Christ is going to be killed because that baby was born out of every commandment being broken, right? Every commandment, y'all, all the way from uh, recognizing God is God who brought them out of Egypt. David, it's like, obviously you didn't believe that, dude. You don't believe that God is the Lord your God. You can't believe that. You can't, right? So you've already violated that commandment. You became a slave to your sin. Your sin became your oppressor. Your sin became Egypt. Right, so you stayed in Egypt, dude, and you lost sight of God being God. Right, you put your sin, you put your desires before God. As as king, you figured that you were above the law, so you set yourself as God before God. You bowed down to your sin. All these things, man, you worshipped a, a, a graven image. Uh, you you are a, a person made from the dust of the earth. You put that before God, right? You you kowtow to your sin, your, to your sin. So in doing that. And, and, and the adultery that you did and then having your friend murdered, you know, one of your soldiers murdered, that definitely doesn't honor your father and mother. So you dropped the ball there, too. You coveted somebody's wife. You stole somebody's wife. You committed adultery. You murdered. Right. You broke all the sins, dude. You broke them all. That child that y'all had was conceived and y'all busting all the commandments. So now, because that child was the fulfillment, because remember Christ is the fulfillment of the law, that child was the fulfillment of every law broken. So the wrath was poured out on that child. That child is a picture of Christ as well, right? So, you know these things, man. Uh, you know the the, the the underdogs. You know I guess we're kind of like taking a tour, a, a long tour of the underdog story, but just getting down to uh, you know who it is. You know setting up. Uh, you know, the royal line of Jesus, you know, David broke every sin, you know, and then Jesus, the fruit of uh, Israel coming through through David would come in and cover every sin that from the throne of David he would he would cover them all be the rightful heir who will reign on that throne forever. All right, so let's see, we got, um let me see, Pete Shearer, Peter, <laughs> Peter Shearer says, Bill and Zoe, commentary doesn't doesn't get any better than this. Hey, right on, Peter. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, He goes on to say, I was looking at your background, and I think you misunderstood the movie. This is Spinal Tap. You're supposed to have a guitar that goes up to 11, not 11 guitars. (laughs) <laughs> oh, eleven guitars. So, okay, I guess I gotta go get eleven guitars now. So, well, I got half. I'm halfway there. I'm pretty. I'm I'm pretty good with my set right now, man. I'm, I, I got. You know, some people, man, they be buying a guitar like every week. But dang, you got another guitar. And know. Uh, so, I'm, I'm. I think I'm good. I think. I think. I think. <laughs> but at any rate, so uh, he, somebody responded to him. This is Harry Mills. Harry Mills uh, says, actually, uh, isn't it supposed to be an amp that goes up to eleven? Right, wasn't it? Uh, so uh, going back to uh, him saying that uh, you're supposed to have guitars uh, that go up to eleven. So, and according to the movie, yeah, it's uh, it's an amp that goes up to eleven. So Peter Shearer response says yes, but the amp is what makes the guitar go up to eleven. It is it is the same as a 650 horsepower turbocharged car? It is the motor that makes the car have these attributes. The motor and the car. Are one just as the the amp and the, the amp and the guitar one? Come on, come on, Peter! Come on, man! You got called out on this one, bitch Be graceful about it. You are trying to split some hairs? Is you don't know, no, dude? I, and I get, I totally get what you're saying. When you got electric guitar, you're gonna have to have that amplifier to go with it. It does kind of constitute one instrument, you know, because the amp is gonna help shape the tone of the guitar and all that sort of the ultimate tone of the guitar. And so, I I totally get what you're saying. But when we're talking about quoting the movie, let's just keep it straight, man. Keep it straight, man. It's like he says the amp goes up to eleven, that is, but this one goes up to eleven. <laughs> right. This is a sustain on that. They say you can go make a sandwich, man. You still to make a sandwich and come back, in that and that thing still be sustaining, right? <laughs> Great movie, man. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, we got uh, Calvin Green ninety. Uh we got uh any let me and I hope it, and forgive me out because you guys are joining the chat and please please don't feel like I'm not paying attention. I know you guys are there and I'm so grateful that you guys are here. And uh, you know it's like I don't want to break my rhythm, man, and I don't have dead air trying to like read some comments to find, you know, uh, if somebody's like uh making a point cuz you guys make great points and I don't want to miss them, but uh I'm just kind of responding to people who are coming in on the signal response. And uh so I hope I don't uh if you guys made like some brilliant points because you know by uh the people who tune in for these uh press presentations that I have are brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to catch you guys, man, if you guys have said so, but as it is, I'm grateful. And, uh, but make sure uh, while I am thinking about it, uh, catch, uh, you know, you guys, because uh, I got commentators in here, man. So make sure you guys leave your links uh, or if if anything, if it, because YouTube is funny like that, they'll, they'll, they'll erase your links and stuff, guys. Uh, so, uh, they delete them. I, I guess their, their excuse is that when they do that, it's because they don't want the spamming and all that sort of stuff it's like ah whatever uh, uh but but what you guys can do commentators like i see aircraft sparky sometimes my dude uh, uh a lot of times uh restoring heroes in here uh us Be frank be popping in sometimes and stuff like that uh you know we got uh we got um accent, uh uh shadow ax be coming in here you got your music product. you guys are content creators and stuff like that Feel free to just say, "Hey, you know, um, you know, I do commentary. You know, tell a little, you know, do a little brief summary about your commentary, and put your ad, man. And 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 for other folks, you know, who are looking for content, you know, go to their page, subscribe, and like and share their stuff too. Uh, make sure you guys are doing that, man. Let's make sure we, you know, we, we Kingdom Kids up in here, man. Let's make sure we got our community going. I'm trying to make sure that we." Uh, you know, doing our part to to be that salt and light. Uh, So uh, do that. Uh, Got Kathy, we got, uh, you know, we we got uh, folks in here, you know, creating stuff. Uh, So let's uh, make sure we show them some love and make sure we got uh, our prayers going to them also. Right, salt and light, y'all. Okay, so we got um, Dan Moritz. Uh, Dan Moritz is gonna say, uh, we know Democrats, what you're trying to do, you were rebels then, you are rebels. Now he puts this in quotes. Yeah, he puts this in quotes, he's, he's quoting me. Uh, puts this in quotes. You tried to rewrite the US Constitution with slavery addendums. America isn't and wasn't always uh, always bad. It is and was the Democrat party that was always the heart and soul of bad things in America, not America itself. Thank you, Dan. For being among us who get that, right? I'm thankful that it resonates with you, man. Keep on keep on shouting it, man. You know, that's uh we need because you'd be surprised, man. A lot of a lot of it, this doesn't register. This doesn't register with a lot of conservatives. They, they they just drop the ball on this, but thank you guys that you guys tune in and you under and uh and you guys get it. You guys are part of that salt and light, man, that's helping to preserve because a lot of this lunacy goes unchecked because a lot of people they don't they don't, they don't repeat this. Right. Uh, so, uh, I'm thankful for, for, for y'all who do. And, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Moritz, thank you so much. Norma Wong is going to say in the 1980s, we ignored the fringe left, uh, time to do that again. So I guess, uh, she's saying in the eighties, uh, we just ignore it. We just, that's cause that's what a lot of conservatives say. You should just ignore them. Who cares what they think? Just ignore them. Um, uh, yeah, I, that, that is a, I almost get like a cramp in my neck shaking my head at that. It's because it's that's that's not a good strategy. Okay, you don't just ignore them. You can't do that. So basically what your strategy is is to ignore the infections so it can become what it's become now and then you want to do that again. That's not a good idea. Okay, y'all, of course we want to ignore these people in that you ignore one, you ignore them with your dollar votes. You don't pay for the stuff, but you can't ignore them and just be like, oh, no, I'm just going to go ahead and keep on working. And I'm going to I'm going to be all about liberty and all that. So, no, you can't do that. Conservatives need to. There's few who understand this. Thankfully, you guys do. Too many conservatives don't. You don't just get to enjoy your freedom. And a lot of these people out there, we talk about freedom isn't free. You know, but the only thing they're talking about is like freedom isn't free because, you know, uh, because of our military personnel who are paying a heavy price to protect our freedoms. It should not just be that way. You know, why is it? you know so Freedom isn't free because a, a soldier, you know, got busted up. That's I don't know, man. I, I just find that really insulting, man. It's like the only it's like you think the only price for freedom should only be played paid in blood, you know, with somebody's life. And then you're like, well, you know, freedom isn't free. No, you know, it shouldn't be that way. It's insulting that these people go and do what they do to protect our God-given freedom. And we're just letting freedom go to crap here in America. You know, I I can't stand that. I hate it, right? People come back and it's like, dude, what the crap did you let happen to my country? I hate that, right? So, you know, you have these people and, 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 and a part of that is people talking about, well, we should just ignore these people. No, you can't do that. You have to have a response for this stuff. I'm not saying let these people consume your thoughts, but you got to be innovative and have some sort of line of protection that these people just is what, what's your line of protection? What's your second amendment rights? Y'all, they, they they've gone beyond that. Your second amendment rights are not are not helping you against what's happening to our country. these uh, you know these people who are all about you know gun rights and the second amendment. Yeah, I'm pro second amendment too. This is not that kind of war. Y'all, it's not that kind of thing. They're coming after your Second Amendment rights through the First Amendment. This the Second Amendment ain't protecting the first. Sorry to bust your bubble. It's not. The First Amendment is being used to erode the second. Okay? This, this, this is going the way of Nazi Germany. So you're going to have these people who are going to have their kids turning in your guns and turning you in, as the word of God has already said. Man, they're going to be turning you into the synagogues, man. They're going to kill you there. All right. So, you know, uh this kind of thing of just ignoring this infection ignore, you can't do that. You gotta support a safety mechanism in there. And I'm sorry, I'm not talking about the safety on your gun. It takes more than that. So, you know, but I don't I don't know. You got these people out there, oh come and take it from a cold dead hand. And they've already they've taken your country. You know, your gun didn't stop nothing, right? It's not to downplay, you know, the second amendment or like th- I think this uh I think it's a tragedy. I think it's a tragedy how the second amendment is being trampled on, right? And and the response to too many, you know, uh gun-toting conservatives is like, dude, you're as as much as y'all boasting your mark- marksmanship, you way off target with this one. You made your foot your target, blasting them toes off, right? You just shooting yourself in the foot is always happening, right? So uh I don't know. You know I, I it'd be great if we can get on target as far as this goes and represent in the culture uh I get disappointed when I see comments like that you know it's like man it's you, you don't get it uh anyway uh now this was uh, concerning the cry bullies uh we talked we, we were talking about a, an episode of bullies you know these this so-called woke culture they're the real bullies now right they they're the bullies uh these these tr- cross-dressing effeminate you know and m- women want to be masculine they're the bullies Right. These people who are going in and boasting in their abortions, they're bullies. You guys just bullied a kid to death. All right. Y'all the bullies. Right. But a bunch of crybabies at the same time. So um, uh, we got W.M. Davis. uh, Maybe his W.M. stands for uh, woke mob because, uh, you know, uh, he's going to say sitting and talking about it in an echo chamber seems like a futile effort uh, towards changing it. Um, WM, it sound more like your name should be BM, but, uh, WM, dude, uh, do you, do you even know how we got here? Do you know why we're in this echo chamber? We're in this so-called echo chamber and preaching to the choir because, well, one, we're on YouTube, dude. If we're on YouTube, you're not preaching to the choir. You are definitely in enemy territory speaking to the godless. Now the problem is, is that the overlords of YouTube don't want these people to hear us, so they've silenced us and have basically crippled our careers. Mine in particular, I'm one of their earlier targets. So when people talk about all oh, this echo chamber, it's, I mean you guys, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, you don't you you don't know the price that's been paid. You know now just because it's like, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to get out there and uh um. Uh, you know, what do you want me to take a megaphone into the street and be out there like Al Sharpton, you know, yelling at people, trying to promote it. What, what is it that you want me to do? Uh, uh, you know, and, and the things that you're talking about, if you really want to uh, see a battle plan come to pass, a campaign, well, um, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? We just fund it. You go get you several million dollars, several million right? Several tens of millions, Man, matter of fact, you know, why don't we just make it a billion? Why don't you do that? And you can go ahead and fund our war instead of being this keyboard commando telling us we're not doing anything. We're out there basically begging people, letting them know, hey, this takes funding to do. We got the ideas and we would like to show that there's a grassroots Solid foundation, not something that's unstable and, and and a fad or a trend or anything like that. We want something that's gonna stick, y'all. Show that, not not just go to like some one deep pocket person, because that doesn't show in the free market, y'all. I'm trying to tell you, this is what you think that it should just be in the hands of like one benefactor who's gonna do that. No, it takes numbers, y'all. It takes a population. It takes a population of buzz. It has to show that it resonates with the multitudes for there to be a culture and for there to be a campaign of it, where it shows that it sticks, it's solid. It shouldn't just be in the hands of like one person to come in. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. If some if one person has them pockets, they want to show it, but y'all, even even I know that, man. That's not really that's not really that sustainable. I wouldn't t- say no to it, I'm trying to let you know there has to be a population of it that says we want this. No, instead we have more of a population saying we're going to boycott this. Right, we're gonna boycott Disney. We're gonna boycott Coke, and we're gonna put. But what are you offering? What are you supporting as an alternative to become mainstream? You're not there, okay? So this, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, when people try to say, oh, you're just preaching to the choir and you're speaking to some echo chamber, and you don't even know, you, you're not ready for the. Let me just say it straight out: you ain't ready for the battle. You're a liability to the battle. Get off the field, dude. You do not know what you're talking about. Just sit down. All right. As a matter of fact, you're probably already sitting down, sitting there trying to play hard on the keyboard. All right. So let's see. Sock Another sock puck with account trying to accuse somebody of being, you know, the echo chamber or whatnot. It's like, what are you doing? Right. uh here's another one, Edda Hamilton. Etta Hamilton. I was hoping against hope that these guys have some actual balls. Uh, they could hire some people who would actually work instead of lazy buns. Okay, so here's another one. An anonymous person with a sock puppet, a troll with a sock puppet account with no content, right? Trolling from behind her computer. This person is totally anonymous and trying to accuse us of not having any balls, right? You know, I'm just quoting them. Yeah, that's cute. Okay, so, uh, you know, like I said, uh, our image is out there. These people know who to come after. Right, so you know they they know where to send the death threats and things like that, and the bigoted statements, you know, and who to uh, uh, who to harass or who to just keep silent. Make it to where not even what I not even other uh, trolls can see you because trolls uh, drive up engagement as well. So they make it to where even trolls, the majority of trolls, they're not alerted to come in and swarm over your channel, right? To try to make you you know quit. That's what they'll do. Trolls come in and they'll bombard a channel so much that a person just signs up they don't want to deal with them anymore, right? They, they actually even get scared. They scare them out. And they never did that to me. And since that doesn't work on me, because y'all, they used, they used to send the trolls after me bad. And they thought that they these trolls would just make me quit and they would have that for uh, you know their, their bragging rights. Well, they didn't. So instead, another example that they would make of me is just, well, we'll just shadow ban you. We'll just put you in obscurity, right? To demoralize you into quitting, right? So- You know, that hasn't worked either. Um, Let's see. Uh, Mouthful. Uh, Mouthful says, love the content. Discussion uh, that is about having, let me see. Discussion that is not about having the perfect answer, but considering the issue at hand. Uh, Side note, uh, can we see what Zoe looks like without a hat one of these days? You know what this means? This means that you didn't see the Gosnell movie. Right? If anybody, if anybody's wondering, like, hey, what does Zoe look like without his hat? Go see the you didn't see it. You didn't support. Evidently, you didn't support. Right? I mean, I don't know. Some actually a lot of people they they helped to fund the movie, but didn't go watch it because they, you know, they felt like they couldn't handle the content. They thought that the movie was gonna be all gory and stuff like this. PG 13, it's not a gory movie at all. The subject matter, of course, is you know, is, you know. It's heartbreaking you know gosnell uh abo- an abortion facilitator uh basically you know killing babies right you know thousands you know he, he had a slaughterhouse long story short uh gosnell the uh, trial of america's biggest serial killer uh so basically he was murdering you know it's, it's all it's all murder you know whether the baby is inside the womb or or not uh but um considering the so-called laws Uh, He's birthing these babies alive. Um, You know, if the baby is, they're scheduled for an abortion and uh, the baby, you know, uh, slips out and for some reason is now a a viable human being, which now, of course, we know that babies can go ahead and be put to death even outside the womb. Uh, But basically, he was, um, he was stabbing, you know, uh, babies in the back of the head and cutting their spine. Uh, So he was doing this, you know, that's, that was his thing. Uh, But at any rate, y'all, that was the movie that I was in. I played uh, Detective Stark, Uh, uh, the police partner of the the character played by uh, Dean Cain, uh, portraying uh, Officer Woody. Uh, So this is a true account and a a police drama, if you will. And uh, so I hope you guys uh, check it out. Uh, Number one uh, independent release of uh, 2018. It was also on Amazon. Number one uh, independent movie release. And uh, so, hope you guys check it out, and you'll can see me without my hat. <laughs> you know, if you go check it out me, uh, playing the role of a police officer. Uh, it's and I and it's, I'm, I'm not an extra in it. I'm, I'm principal cast. So if you guys want to see that and support, I hope you guys will. Uh, it's available on um, uh, Amazon, right? Uh, so you know, I know some people don't want to support Amazon. If you don't get the movie there, you'll we, you, you'll also be punishing us. If you don't get the movie there, so you know, even in on Amazon, help us represent. I don't like feeding the monster any more than you do, but like I said, if you guys don't you know want to get it from Amazon, it it also punishes us too, and it doesn't. And it help in in doing that. It helps us to keep the the message from getting out there as well. That's what I keep saying, man. We have to have competitive platforms, right? Viable competitive platforms and you know show support and when people create these platforms man make sure that you you got you know an alternative it's almost like uh, you know uh if you're gonna you know say hey uh, you shouldn't eat that you might want to make sure this well you should try this because this is just as tasty because if you don't they just gonna keep eating this garbage unless you give them something that's nutritious but just as delicious right you, you gotta do that. Uh, let's see uh we got um Mark Villano Mark Villano says if you have your own YouTube channel one way to deal with comment bullies and trolls is to love is to is to make sure you love or click love or heart for every comment no matter how much they trash you or your viewers just keep pointing just keep putting the heart symbol next to their comment while never bothering to respond, it will drive them insane. It will, he says, this is gonna drive them insane if you like their, the, the, the comment trolls, if they comment. Um, I don't know, man, that's not a good strategy. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, one, they're already insane. <laughs> so that's not gonna be a far drive for them. Oh, but here's the thing, y'all, because some of these comments that they leave, uh, a lot of times, sometimes, uh, a lot of times they're posers, you know, they're plants. Uh, and they be, and they can leave very bigoted comments, right? Uh, the the comments are hostile. They can be bigoted and stuff like that. And when you leave a love or a like for that comment, what it shows is uh, that to the outsider looking in, it looks like people who are in that comment that are, are in agreement with it. You don't want to look like you're in agreement with these people. It should they should be singled out and and shown. That you have a negative response, not a positive one. Like, oh, I love the haters. Like, no. Like I said, to the outside look, the outside look at in, it looks like you agree. All right. You don't want to do that, man. This is what that's what concerns you need to straight up show that, hey, we don't approve of this. This ain't us. This is not how we roll. So, you know, in trying to assume and assuming that you're driving these people nuts, no, what you're doing is that you're inviting people to think that we, have, we think like them. It's not a good idea. Uh, please don't, please don't do that, y'all. It uh, just makes us look like, you know, the bigots that people accuse us of being. Um, Peggy Brown, all right? She she uh, sounds like her name should be Karen, uh, but <laughs> Peggy Brown uh, says that. It, it, I, I think I'm sorry for for the Karens out there. If your name is Karen, you know it sucks that in, in the culture, <laughs> your name is associated with an with an ogreish woman. Uh, but um uh, it says she says that this bully BS used to be resolved. In high school, because the bully almost always got their ASS kicked by picking on the wrong amigo. The bully fragile facade, the bully's fragile facade uh, gets smashed and everyone sees it. Uh, It's how we as youths develop into adults, right? Well, not today. More is the pity. Um, Okay, to that, I just have to say it's, it's, I love how... You know, my generation and the generation before us, we, we brag about how we were back in the day, right? I mean, like, we're, we were just, we had the answers and everything, and, you know, we were tough and, you know, rough and scruffy, and, you know, we just, we could handle things. We could handle it, Right? We'd handle everything except how to bring up kids. <laughs> it's like, it's, I, this cracks me up. It's like, we act like we were so perfect and, and we were just so rugged and we could do all this stuff and we weren't sissies and all that sort of stuff. Um, Okay, well, how with our perfect handling of everything, how come we weren't able to handle the ball to pass to the next generation? You know, We, we dropped the ball there. We make fun of this generation. Where do you think this generation learned the crazy stuff that they learn now? Where do you think they learn to be so fragile? Where do you think they learn to be such sissies? Where do you think they learned that from? Well, they learned that from us, right? By whether what we taught them or what we didn't teach them. Somewhere we dropped the ball. You know, so it, it, this generation is a product of us and a product of the generation before us. While people wanna boast in their generation and boast in the generations before us as if they just had it all together, well, no. Your generation that's, that comes up is a reflection of you, right? So this, this thing about how we handled bullies and all that sort of stuff, and we fought them and they left us alone, okay, we can brag about that all we want to, but that doesn't seem to be have been passed on, you know? You know, what, what What do you say to that? You know, you think they just learned this stuff from nowhere. And if they did learn it from nowhere, it's because we weren't there. We weren't there <laughs> to make sure that they learned better. All right. I, I, I take my sure responsibility in that. I wasn't always a man of God. All right. I want to do things my own way and all that sort of stuff. And I was definitely old enough to know better. It didn't really pass on any redeeming values or lessons or anything like that. Uh, to to do these things with, and you know, Lord have mercy on me for for being a part of that, you know. But now I'm, I'm you know, with the time that we have, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do, you know, what I can to try to reach, you know, the generation behind us in in creative ways because that's how they're turned. That's how they're tuned in. They're hit when they're young. They're, they're they have a there's a vehicle that is used to reach them. There's a a, a, a wire that that is tapped into, right? So we're trying to get in and interrupt interrupt that signal, y'all, you know, break that signal if we can. Uh, But like I said, you know, that's uh, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, and it it takes a lot of support, lots of support to make that happen. Uh, So we got to Joe James again. I don't Joe James is like he just he's like this. He's like this moth. He's always tuning in. He doesn't have anything good to say. Uh, he's just like this moth that that sees the light and knows it's the light, but he's like a moth on a light. Man, he just bounces his face off this light bulb. He doesn't know what to do with the truth, but he keeps on tuning in. Uh, he's always saying like a, some really snotty stuff. Uh, just a you know a bitter, bitter dude. Listen, what Joe Joe James says in the long run, the radical left, they're they're not radical. Joe, I mean, I hope you can you know realize that. Um, you know, I hope you guys get my audio book, A Solid Right Cross, where I break down what a radical is right? I know people want to tune into like, you know, these, these intellectuals and stuff like that who try to define it as radicalism. They, this a misnomer. They got it wrong. And so does this guy, um, uh, radical left is putting the rest of us in a position where we are either going to have to destroy them or let them destroy us. I know which one I pick, uh, Republicans can't beat Democrats because Republicans refuse to realize who Democrat. Okay. No, that's <laughs> snot nosing my own comment. Um, Trying to speak like him. But no, Republicans, uh, they're they're always they're gonna they can't defeat Democrats, y'all, because Republicans, Republican voters, too many refuse to realize who Democrats are and who they're not, right? There's just way too much of that until you can really come to grips with who a Democrat is, not just what they do, who they are, flat out who they are and who they're not, right? So you got uh Joe James here, another bitter blowhard troll you know, who wastes his time offering nothing substantial while implicating, you know, in, in other comments, basically like we're doing nothing. Uh, I don't I don't know what he's doing that's so amazing. Uh, so you could tell he's just addicted to misery and wants to make others as miserable as he is uh, as he just sits and continues to troll, right? The only demonstrations, and, and y'all don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm paying so much attention to J. There's a lot of people like this, right? And I'm trying to tell the folks that this, you know, call these people out. Let these people know. It's like, dude, it's, you need to you need to go someplace else. You're not one of us, all right? You're, you're not down with us. And, and it'd be great if conservatives did that. When you see stuff like this, it, conservatives answer just, just ignore them. No, show that it's unacceptable. Not just something to be ignored. Just so that you don't have to sit there and waste your time. Just, just dislike the comment. Give it a negative response. That's all you got to do. Conservatives don't even do that. They just Oh, just ignore them. You know, I'm telling you that ignoring stuff, being ignorant, you you guys need to understand something. Liberals capitalize on ignorance and conservatives give them a lot to capitalize on, okay? All conservatives out there, right? You guys know what's up, but I'm hoping that this will reach a lot of other people is that they they give Democrats, they give them so much. You do understand that Democrats, they thrive with ignorance. They thrive with it, right? And <laughs> while you got conservatives, always saying, yeah, just ignore them. Ignore them. Okay. Right? That's how, that's how Democrats make their living, guys. You, you, yeah. Right? <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see. Jesse Oaks. Uh, Jesse Oaks says, uh, one of the things that irks me today uh, is when these people, when they talk about Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, they always invoke the phrase they're a private, they're a private business. It did not work in the 1960s and should not work today. Just like the businesses that had whites only signs, they have a leftist-only sign in their contract. Racial discrimination is bad, but so is viewpoint discrimination. And I point to the First Amendment to point out that political opinions are a form of protected speech. And don't roll out that shouting fire in a crowded auditorium phrase. If people panic when you tell the truth, it's on them. The truth hurts, but that is the price of freedom. Um, well, one, instead of uh, talking about you know what these people are doing with their their private organization, which I guess he doesn't like that people say that, we've been free to make a competitor you know so we could have been doing that a long time ago people only did that out of a sense of i guess urgency it, it, it by the time they started doing it it was a little too little too late when we should have been doing it a long time ago uh we we left the liberals to go ahead and do these things I'm trying to warn about that for a long time uh but now let's see when he's talking about uh i wanted to get back one to that last later line he said uh I, I don't think he i don't think Jesse really understands this part if people panic uh, don't, he says to don't roll out, uh, that shouting fire in a crowded auditorium phrase. I don't, I don't think he's using the phrase here, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's illegal to fight, to call out. You can't abuse the first amendment by going in a movie theater and say, Hey, there's a fire and having it. You you can't do that. You can, if there's an actual fire though, and it doesn't look like he's making that distinction. It's, It's let me read that again. And don't roll out that shouting fire in a crowded auditorium phrase. If people panic when you tell the truth, then it's on them. Okay, so am I understanding him wrong? I, I think he doesn't. You you actually can say fire if there's a fire. You can say hey, there's a fire, right? Uh, that would be telling the truth. You can't go into a a, a a movie theater and say there's a fire if there's not a fire, right? So I, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, uh, but at any rate, um, like I said, you know, and and I I'm, I am one of those people who says that yeah, YouTube. I'm I'm not a person who's like all about trying to get litigious about this. You know, at some point I may have to. Uh, you know, you don't see lawyers like you don't see lawyers like beating down my door, uh, uh, trying to get a, a go after these guys. Uh, I've, I've you know I have you know communicated you know. Uh, before but and, and i'm not saying i haven't uh, had discussions but it's not like lawyers are hey let's you know a bunch of lawyers i got more people saying you need to get a lawyer it's, don't you think it's kind of funny that i have so many people say hey you should get a lawyer the the, the only ones who don't say <laughs> out of all the people who have told me that i need to go get a lawyer none of them have been a lawyer <laughs> Law- lawyers ain't calling me up right like the, like the multitude like in multitudes say hey you need a lawyer. Right. So that, that should that should kind of tell y'all something. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, lawyers, they they're afraid to waste their time with it. Uh, you know, but like I said, you know, it's not like I haven't talked to lawyers and you know I've had some constructive conversations and uh you know we'll see what we'll see what becomes of it. Uh, but uh I don't I don't know. But it's not one of my things where I'm like, you know, it's like, yeah, that's you know, I'm I'm like, you know, if you guys got something, just just let me know. You know, I'll I'll stay, I'll I'll be on standby. Uh, but, uh, other than that, I'm being caught up in litigation, you know, my, my thing is, man, I just want to create content, man. That's, that's, you know, uh, YouTube's done me dirty, Facebook, Twitter, Google, you know, they've all done me dirty, you know, have have destroyed my livelihood. And do I have a case? Sure. I do. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. When you look at it and you break it down, it's like, yeah, you know, but, um, and you know, it's like uh, the people, you know, they'll tell me, say, yeah, you should get a lawyer, but it's not like, You think out of all those people, a lawyer, you know, lawyers would be stepping up. As many people there would, you would think there would be as many lawyers say, Yeah, dude, you've got a case, man. Hey, uh, here's my card. You know, let's talk. You know, ain't like that. So, at any rate, uh, let's see. Neil, one one more. Neil, one more. Neil Bracken uh, says, We need fathers. Uh, No. That's that's the cultural narrative outside, and they've even got a lot of conservatives thinking that too. Is a conserv conservatives out there repeating the liberal narrative? I want you guys to please understand this: conservatives, when you're out there talking about we need fathers, you are repeating the liberal narrative. All right, it's not fathers; it's husbands. Right, a man needs to be a husband to his wife, and from there is where you said in order of the Lord. Be a husband to your wife, all right? And then that's how you set the example of how to be a father to your kids, right? Your kids need to see some stability. They need to see the value that you have for your wife. They need to see the value that a wife has for her husband. That's where these kids start learning how to piece this stuff together. Anybody can go out there being a father. You don't have to have any real commitment to do that. You know, knock some woman up and then you got a kid. This baby, that you, this baby daddy, you this baby daddy. There's no responsibility there. Not really. Right. You got to show the commitment, commitment to the Lord, honor the Lord by honoring your wife. Right. The wife honoring her husband. Y'all both pleasing the Lord with your union. You know, the kids. You know, why do you think so many kids are out there just broken, man? They're broken because they come from broken homes. You know, the kids are just totally insecure because they don't have a they don't they don't have something, a, a sense of, of security to reflect on. They didn't see it in their, their, their parents. You know, they saw that. Security crack up so now you got gener- you got this generation of kids that are just cracked up they don't know which person to be now right why? because you know we have a culture that keeps promoting being a father right a father that the liberals don't even want in a home because they don't want fathers to be uh, uh, husbands to their wife because they want to destroy that so-called uh, marriage construct they want to be able to reshape marriage and whatever they think it should be Right. So, you know, please, y'all, conservatives don't get caught. Don't again. Too many conservatives, they get caught in this trap set by liberals. Caught in the trap, man, over and over again. And uh, that's another one. So conservatives, if you're out there saying that we need you know, men to be fathers. That ain't it. You need God fearing husbands. Right. These women need God fearing husbands before you can talk about being a father. All right. All right, y'all. So there we go for the signal response. I packed in a, a couple of episodes that I had missed in there. So as usual, y'all, uh, I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you guys will visit the website, bronzecirclemedia.com. Hope you guys will support because I want to be able to take these. Uh, I hope you guys think these. I you know these perspectives are reasonable, and I want to be able to put them in creative vehicles for y'all. You know, so we can put that out there. You know, be that salt night, represent the culture. You know, so other folks can get. So, you know, can get. You know. Uh, you know get their head right you know like like y'all got most of y'all <laughs> right so thank you guys so much um i see you guys in there um you know i one of the reasons you know if i try to i try to you know not get too namey with them because i, I put this into the podcast and you know for radio purposes and stuff like that i still try to keep it you know condensed and whatnot and uh so uh, and you guys are a part of that you know um that uh, you know the the audience for that too all right. Part of the family. All right, y'all. Thank you guys so much. And we will talk again soon. Welcome. And thank you for tuning in for some sledge covers where I put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day, particularly from the 70s and the 80s. Bell bottoms to parachute pants, baby. If you dig what you hear, you can download all these songs for free or drop a buck in the guitar case if you like. I wouldn't mind that. You can also check out original 20 pound sledge jams, too. You can also download all those for free or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on! What's up? I feel kind of silly singing the Qua Dilly Qua Qua parts. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know it's really silly, man. What? You in here talking to yourself and posting it online. And playing with yourself, too. I play the instruments myself. Don't get it twisted, pervert. I know you are, but what am I? I'll give you a hint. I'm you. there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Want to get back to that silly sing along, hmm?
2: T'as 4 4 ta